You're listening to Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back to the program. You're with Tracy Mack. I hope you're having a lovely, lovely Friday out there. It is quite nice. The weather is uh, is pretty good out there. Anything that doesn't have rain and has sunshine is great. But, of course, the situation is still not very pleasant out there. If you're around, around Maitland, um, the... Uh, the flood is certainly coming up. It is uh, absolutely coming up. Joining me in the studio now is uh, a wonderful guest. He's been with me several times. Uh, he does uh, lots of incredible things around uh, around the, the country, around the city. He's got two hats. He's got uh, the director and then he's also got the... Uh, the former, I suppose, pop star, starred muffin, um, jump off the uh, off the stage. Joining me is, of course, Chit Chat Von Lupenstab, otherwise known as Glenn Dormand. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Tracy. Stud muffin was not how I thought I'd be described as I stepped that out wasn't... today. But I've got to say, I'm going to take it. The take sun it? is out and I've got a bit of a skip in my walk. Man, look, you know, machine gun fellatio, you were, come on, you were a stud muffin. Well, I'll go with it. <laughs> Your words, not mine. My, well, How can I fight your words? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, before we chat, I just want to play something very briefly. Um, it does set the scene perfectly for what we're about to uh, to talk about. So I'm just going to, uh, to play something for you very quickly. A shout amongst the Aborigines attracted my attention. On looking, I saw an Englishman beating the blacks. They called out to me and I ran and demanded the reason of his thus acting. He replied that the blacks insulted him, but I found that a little girl about 10 years of age had hid herself in the water from his violence, and that it was the father of the girl the man was beating, because he would not consent to his little daughter being taken away by the fellow. I argued with a bench of three magistrates, two were against me, and one viewed the matter as I did. At length they agreed to my request that the Aborigines are under British protection and cannot be assaulted with impunity. The man was ordered to appear on the following day. Now that is quite horrifying in uh, in the year 2022 to hear that. It really is quite disturbing. But the latest film uh, that you've done is Australia's first ever civil right activist is the best way to describe it. It is uh, Biruban and uh, Threadkelt and it took over two years to do. Glenn, tell me all about this. It is just incredible and especially, I mean, I'm sure the release in NADOC week is no no coincidence. Um, tell me about the, you know, how you got to understand this story, what this story is about and why it is so important for us as Novocastrians and Australians to watch this. Wow, that's a big question. All of it, I heard, I've been hearing this story for a few years, uh, well, you know, longer than a few years, and didn't know how to tell it. And the more I found out about the story, I knew it was one of the biggest films that we would do, but it was important to do it right. So there's probably more First Nations people in this film than in on this subject, definitely. There's never been a film made about this subject, but we gathered, there's five different people, two are Wobbicall descendants. They're all academics. These people have studied this information for decades so to gather all these people together uh, and and other academics together to tell this story is so amazing because like what you just heard there is horrifying but the essence of this story is a feel-good story these two men a, a bilingual fully initiated aboriginal man and the most unlikely person an english missionary yeah. <laughs> got together and were mates, were 100% mates that hung out together pretty much every day for 20 years and set about transcribing two books of the Bible into local language, 
then the language got lost. Now that's being used to bring the language back. That by itself is incredible. They would go to court and represent Aboriginal people who weren't allowed to represent themselves because they weren't baptised. So this, I know, <laughs> horrendous. Like everything about it is, there's awful things and we haven't stayed away from that because you couldn't tell the story without telling the hard truths. But what's what it tells you though is what they overcame to do it. And you know, like Threkel was calling Europeans invaders in 1827. Like the shock mm. doctors go, go nuts about that now. I can imagine. Yeah. But he was that was just normal language. So he's writing to the powers that be, referring to Europeans as invaders. So it, this is a feel good story at, at, at its heart at, for Newcastle. Newcastle should be really proud of this story. But it's a national and it's an international story. I hope that answered some of those it, big questions. It did. It did. Dr. Ray Kelly has been uh, instrumental in this. Um, Ray is someone who is known very, very well in and around Newcastle. And the Hunter, his uh, his study into uh, into the Aboriginal culture, into everything that surrounds it. That must have been a great uh, you know pat on the back to to have him involved with this with with his reputation. Oh, it, he's such a dude. Isn't know. he? It's just, <laughs> it, first of all, the swagger. Like, it, I, I can tell you, I've met Lenny Kravitz. Ray and Lenny are on kind of really? on, on par. They, they walk into a room and they just own it. It's, it's amazing the energy he brings. But, you know, he studied this for uh, 20 years. We made another film about the Joseph Lysett, which involved a lot of Aboriginal people. Ray was nervous to be in that film. But when he saw that film, he put up his hand straight away to be in this film. So to, to win that respect, and this is why it's taken so long, because when you make films with Aboriginal people, they've been burned so often by so many people, you need to win trust. Um, and so that's that's been part of the process. And, and the balance of people we have in this film now telling this story is, is spot on. And can I tell you that not everyone in this film agrees with each other. It's just that everyone in this film all knew this was the most important story that we could tell for this region. So they all banded together, put aside whatever differences, and said, no, this is bigger than us. Well, the fact that you got that done is uh, is just incredible. Now, as you said, you know, over 20 years, these two men, they captured uh, the poems, the songs, the ceremonies, the dreaming stories uh, you know, in a language that we just lost. So... To understand the significance of this, it uh, it really is is a very very important film. It is because what people probably don't understand because of this perception of Aboriginal people at that time as being savages or whatever, the Aboriginal language had developed over sixty thousand years. It was far more complex. Like English is only really about six hundred years old. People don't realise that it's a very new language. So Aboriginal people picked it up really quickly because it was such a basic. Language. The real problem is that how do you use a basic language to understand a vastly, like, in a cultured language that had taken so long to uh, to come across? So that's been part of the big process. Is that what what they were trying to describe using English words was really quite difficult. Mm. I mean, they had like ten different words for kangaroo alone. <laughs> It's incredible, isn't it? How did you and Tony, your uh, your offsider, your partner in crime, um, how did you both come up with this? Uh, how did you find out about the story? Well, it's it's like anything. With every time I sit down with somebody to interview them, they'll tell me another story. Like even the other day, we're doing this thing on car racing and hoons, right? And this guy says, oh, he asked me that exact question, and then ten minutes later, he said, yeah, do you know about the Lithuanians? He, he just I forget what the term was, and it was his story about. After the World War II, a whole town in Italy had been bombed so badly that every single person from that town moved to Newcastle. 
And so if you knew an Italian person in Newcastle, you could almost guess with certainty they came from this one town. And I said, that's exactly how it happens. What you've just told me, I, I instantly want to, I want to find descendants and I want to sit down and yeah. get all that story. So, so somebody told me a little bit about that story and the more we dug, the bigger it got. And I'm so glad it took so long. Um, because I think if we had to put it out straight away, it wouldn't have been right. And I watched it for the four billionth time last night to check it, mm. and I thought, it's right. And, and I don't know if you saw any stuff online, but we had a launch at the Civic Theatre last Sunday, and it was like, you know, when you do a gig at the Civic, you know, there's sleeting, cyclonic wings. No one was going to come out to this event to start NADOC week. And we had over 500 people turned out. They packed it. They stayed at the bar for two hours asking questions. We had a Q&A that went for like a half an hour after it. And then they went to the bar and wanted – and people were so fired up about the story. It was just – I never felt more proud of Newcastle than mm. I did last Sunday. So, What is most incredible is the fact that these two men – for 20 years were such close friends and back in those times a you know a white man of his uh, his presence and his stature the fact that he was he was friends with an aboriginal man that in itself must show the significance and the kind of human beings those two were well i, I think the best way to describe it is that threshold to me seem like what you'd want Christian people to be. I don't mean that in a bad way. What, what, it's the essence of do unto others. You know, they, they formed a genuine friendship. And he, Threkel wanted to know about the Aboriginal gods. Like, he actually recorded what the deities were for this region. He was interested in, in dreaming stories. Most of the other white people just weren't interested. He actually wanted to know the culture from inside, even to the point where he made blanket lists of the people of the region, so he, like a census, but he would even put... Uh, the names that weren't to be mentioned. He wouldn't write their name, which is something, you know, we talk about now that uh, deceased Aboriginal mm. people shouldn't have their name mentioned. Yeah. He's writing that in, like, 1830. So there's a... I, 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 like, we'll never know why it happened. And, and But I can tell you one thing is that some of the parts was a greater whole when they came together. Because, I mean, Biriban grew up in, the, in Sydney in the barracks. So he was fully initiated and he would go off and make boomerangs and, and was a leader. But he also knew English. And that was that, it couldn't have happened without him because he could speak both languages and, and mm. could do all the descriptions. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it happened, but I'm just so glad that it did happen. Mm. And why it didn't happen all over Australia? You know, like, it didn't happen anywhere else in the world to this level. It just, they just trampled them, trampled them as a people. It's awful. It, it really is. It, it's just horrendous. Um, obviously, you and Tony Whitaker have been doing, uh, you know, you've been doing the stories of our town for a little while now. Where does this sit amongst, you know, you've done some big ones. You've done the Fortress Newcastles. You've done the Castanet. You know, you've done a lot of lot of things. Where does this one sit in uh, in your pride, you know, in feeling feeling proud about, uh, about a film? Uh, well, this is number one. Be- only because it's that classic thing where the things that are hardest to make that go well feel 10 times better. Something You do something in a minute and people like it that it doesn't feel like this. And this is was a struggle all the way. Even last night, with the closed caption wasn't working and couldn't understand a lot of the Aboriginal names. So we had to, we were doing proof checking. My wife, Sarah, who's here, we were there last night checking it at 12 o'clock last night. Mm. And then the film finally went up at two. So even to the last minute, it was hard work. But to see that the emails I've been getting today and the responses, and there was someone who emailed me from the Northern Territory who had watched it and had grown up here was Indigenous. And they just said, this is mind-blowing, this story. And I can tell you that... Um, a large 
free-to-air network is uh, looking. Oh, to, there you to go. There's our it. scoop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's nice. That's, that's, nice. that's so, great. So it will be a national story, and yeah. that's you know that we found that out a, a week or so ago, and uh, you know nothing's been inked, but it's they, they want it. They, they can all get it. in line now for it. And, and so that's that's just a weight off. Because I want everyone to see this. Genuinely, it's not what we did that made it good. It's the people that are in it and their storytelling mm. that made it good. And the fact that we got everyone, the right people to tell it is just wonderful. How long uh, How long have you been working on this? We said two years, but uh, between that, you've obviously had the Castanets Club. You've had your Fortress Newcastle. You've had lots of other ones going in between. How long have you actually spent on this? Two and a half years. Yeah. Well, the first interview was done two and a half years ago. But, you know, the, the, the thing is that it's COVID. Every single member of including myself, got COVID during the course of making this film. When you're interviewing elderly Aboriginal people, last thing you want to do is get in a room with them Mm. in a COVID situation. So, so much had to be put off. Um, It's just even the sound mixing guy had it. So we had to wait to get it mixed because he couldn't hear it properly because his head was full of snot. (laughs) So, like, you know, just all that stuff that you just think. I could not tell you how many obstacles we had all the way. Um, but we just kept on – we kept it happening yeah. while we went off and made all these other films. And it, it's so surreal because, you, you know, one minute you're interviewing things about World War II, you know, Newcastle, and then suddenly you're back 200 years ago getting – you know, you're out in the bush surrounded by cicadas mm-hmm. getting stories about, you know, what happened 200 years ago. So you have to keep flicking your head from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah, so proud of this one and, and – and all the body of work, to be honest, I think there's a new groundswell happening with it, especially from Fortress Newcastle, because it's gone really well on Foxtel and mm. Binge. It has the, gone the, well. What's Good. happened is the older films have started to to, to play. And, I mean, Foxtel picked uh, Fortress Newcastle up for Anzac Day, and uh, they told me the other day that still, when they play it, it's the highest rating thing on the History Channel every day when they play it. So they've been rolling it over. Mm. And they've now... Um, picked up the Star Hotel right film, so that's going to be on Foxtel <laughs> and and You're binge. Killing it. So that's yeah it's, yeah, it's it's something greater is happening at the moment. It's really funny, isn't it? I mean, uh, you and I have had many conversations about uh, you know about Machine Gun Fellatio and and what it meant to you and and who you became and then you know going on and becoming the you know the front face for for music music docos for music channels. You know, it's it's been such a journey. Glenn, it's uh, it must be amazing to just sit back sometimes and go, wow! I you know I started all these years ago, you know, with the castanets looking <laughs> looking ridiculous in you know in, in crazy clothes. I'm now sitting here telling one of the most important stories of, of Aboriginal and colonial history. Wow, man, that's a career. It's well, you get to a point where you start thinking about legacy, and I don't mean that in egotistical way. I was going to say, hang on, you know, um, like, how old are you? you, you yeah, you well, don't yeah, have a story I'm to tell me. I hope. Yeah, five years old, <laughs> uh, but. You kind of like, you know, do you want to be remembered for telling these great stories or a guy that uh, was naked with a Winnie the Pooh bear gaffer tape to his penis? Mm. You don't like and, that? And to be honest, I'm, I'm happy with yeah, both. Yeah. I'm happy and, and, and I'm happy with both. But I think it all comes down to stories. I think when I wrote songs, I wrote hundreds of songs for myself and other people. It was all about trying to tell great stories. When I worked on Foxtel interviewing hundreds of musicians that I did over those 12 years, it was to find the best stories. And I think everything has just led me to this, is this is more stories. You know, whether it's an Italian town that moved to Newcastle or a a missionary and a fully initiated Aboriginal man, you know. If you can find great stories, I think that's still, no matter what changes in the world, great stories will always win. 
Speaking of great stories, you do uh, your next one is about rev heads uh, in uh, in Newcastle and the Hunter. Now that. Uh, have you got the iconic song, you know, driving down Hunter Street well, and, you know, the, with the hoons? And I mean, it, it, it is so Newcastle, it's embarrassing. Well, it's funny that we're doing because it's so odd to go from the last film, which is such a heavy mm. grind, to this singer. We're calling it More Than Hoons because there's a perception of the people that are car enthusiasts that they're all hoons and they hate it. But, you know, all of them, when you talk to them and you've talked to them for long enough, are all hoons at heart. (laughs) They've all got it in them. But this thing is, what's interesting is, you know, this other film was about language, preserving language, and then you sit down with these hoons and they talk another language. You know, I've got a dual you know, cam shaft. Like, we've got a whole montage that goes mm. for five minutes where you would not understand one thing they're talking about. But if you're into cars, you'd be like, oh, that's the best car mm. ever. So it's a language film, basically. <laughs> and there's a <laughs> lot a of swearing film, and okay. it's hysterical. And it's, it's, it's some of the stories we're getting. It's, can I tell you, not since the Star one we did, this is probably the most Newcastle because it's it's such a it's such a hoon town. Yeah. And they love it. So we'll see what happens. The really interesting thing is that uh, an old mate of mine, you've got Marty Adnam from Out of the Square. <laughs> now, you would never think in, your, in a million years that Marty Adnam would be part of a, a, a documentary like this, but he's a hoon. He's a hoon. And also he comes from a, a line of hoons. And his mother was a hoon. And his mother used to sneak off with his soon-to-be father and have dates and then they would lend the car that were allowed to go out into his uncle or to his his mum's brother and he would actually go up to the hill climb and he held the record in the family car. <laughs> so all these crazy stories. Marty is, a, is hysterical and a great yeah. guy and, and he, he's, he's really bending over backwards trying to help us with this film because he thinks this is... What's interesting, it's like a, a minority that is disrespected the hoon, you know, like it's weird. It's, it's weird to describe them that way. And so they're so excited to get a spotlight shown on them that they're just going, yes, yes, me. It's, they're desperate to be involved. And we've found all this old uh, archival footage. Like Speedway started in Newcastle. There was a motorbike event at Maitland Showground in 1923. Mm-hmm. And it was the first Speedway anywhere in the world. It actually developed from there. They used to bring cars from Sydney in 1927 to test them on Brown Street because it was the steepest street in Newcastle. And Stewart Avenue was the bumpiest street in in, uh, New South Wales, so they would test the cars on Brown Street in Stewart. It's nuts. We've got a long history. Hill climbs, Kooragang, Kooragang illegal racing. It's hysterical. (laughs) So when's that one hit the... uh Oh, after I have a lay down today. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 it'll be sooner than you think. There's a big gap between Fortress Newcastle and this. I think it'll be in the next six weeks. But if Tony, who I make films with, is listening, oh, much longer, really. I'm yeah. not going to rush you. Yeah, sure, That's sure. untrue. I it's lie to him all the time. Yeah, watch out, uh, watch out Tony. Can, can I say one thing, though? If you don't follow us on Facebook, sorry to do an ad, but please follow us. Stories of Our Town is on Facebook. The YouTube channel is Stories of Our Town. We give all our films away. Um, all these films are a gift to the city. Even when they go on Foxtel and SBS and all the other places, I cut deals where they can stay on that. Uh, page because we want everyone in Newcastle just to be able to watch them at any time for free and share the story. So please share them. Now, uh, you are such a romantic. You're having a a date date (laughs) 
today. You've decided today is date day. And uh, poor Sarah, your date is you've brought her into Newcastle Live Radio Studios. God, you're classy. Not much of a date, can I tell you. But I can tell you this, that my my wife here, Sarah, is, is a teacher, a primary school teacher. And this film that we've just released, uh, it was great to constantly show it to her and get a feel for what kids might be into there's some heavier bits and we're going to do a school's version of this yeah. but what was apparent from the civic the other day is that there were dozens and dozens of uh, educators from all over the region that are desperate to get this story out um, and I really if you're an educator please watch Biraban and Threkold because we want it in schools you know I grew up not knowing anything about Aboriginal history and the fact that this, not only is this, is this accurate of a period, but it's from this region where you can't get resources. So um, anyway, yeah. I better take her out on a date. Though. You better. better this, you be- oh, so it's not just here. You are actually taking oh, her somewhere. Go, we're going to go out and have a fancy lunch. You oh. know, fancy lunch. Why well, not? you know, you're, you're a high-paying, uh, you know, oh, film yeah. director oh, now. Yeah. You're a former. Former. I'm making a fortune star. out of these films. Yes. <laughs> Look, congratulations! It really is incredible. You should be congratulated for uh, for what you've done. I know that uh, I know what passion you put into these, and uh, yeah, it's just incredible. It's lovely to have you in. Thank you. It's great to see you in person again. I love coming in here. I love being able to have a proper chat with intelligent questions. So thank you. Sorry, always I'll, a I'll, I'll go and find the person to do that for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just look. Always, I'll come in every time. You guys do a great job here, so we love being part of it and can I tell you there is a thank you to Newcastle Live at the end of this film for that very very point thank you that's greatly appreciated there you go Love you dearly. Thank you. Go and shout your wife. Uh, it's better be an expensive dinner, a very, very expensive one. Stay safe, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up very, very soon. That is uh, Glenn Dorman, otherwise known as uh, Chit Chat von Lupenstab. Newcastle in the Morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.